Welcome to Birth Mothers Amplified, giving a voice to the women behind adoption. Hosted by Emma and Mathani. So something else, you know, Leslie, earlier you were talking, or we already discussed, and Mathani, you gave your thoughts on this as well, is how open adoption to the type of adoption has helped you, you know, cope. And, and with your grieving process, something I'm curious about is, are there certain things that the adoptive parents do or the openness involves that helps like specific updates, right? Like, are there certain types of updates that are helpful or more hindering? <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, 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 yes to both. Um, and, 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 and honestly, like, um, my mind honestly went to the negative first, just, uh, just because of, um, and, 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 and I hate to say the negative, it, it just, it, it I'll, I'll, I'll use a different word. It was, um, overwhelming at the beginning. Um, because, you know, throughout my pregnancy, like, it's like, I, I always say that it was like destined that they were going to be her parents because like way before I ever, you know, even called an agency or anything, like I, I simply just Googled agencies where I lived and, you know, and so, um, the, the agency that I ended up working with and everything, you know, I, she, you know, went onto their website, went through like, you know, like their family profiles and everything. And like, I saw this family and I was like, this seems like a good family. Like I, I, I like them, but you know, I don't know anything about the process. And so, you know, and then, Many, many months later, you know, as I'm going through the process, they were the, the they were the second uh, family profile book that I got. And I was like, all right, well, I don't need, I don't need any more. Like, this is it. This is the one. Like, this is, the, like, I, I know that this is it. So, like, from, like, you know, the, the first meeting to, like, the first phone call, everything, like, we, like, it was just an instant connection. So, you know, even, you know, I, like, during the process, you know, um, my, my, my caseworker was explaining to me that, you know, like, um, we have like one phone call and one meeting and then we won't talk again pretty much until like delivery. And I remember just like after, after, you know, we had our first meeting, like it was probably like a week later that, you know, I asked my caseworker, I was like, Hey, so like just out of curiosity, if I did want to talk to them again, like, could I? And she was like, funny you asked because they asked their caseworker the same thing. And it was like, yeah, I, this is this, everything about this is perfect. So they've been very intricate in the process like since since I chose them so I thought that you know I, I, I didn't think about my own feelings you know like you know after after placement you know we talk all the time while I was pregnant so I mean of course they're going to just like keep it up afterwards and so as soon as they left the hospital, I got pictures. A week later, I got pictures. And then a week later, I got pictures. And it was like that, you know, the first first month, I got four updates. And it was like, I'm still like literally healing. <laughs> like every, like everything about me. Like I didn't know, you know, going back to like the triggers, I didn't know that like my first shower was going to like, like, have me crying so much mm. like you know I, I expected the pain but like I you know I, I ended up having like a c-section so like you know I didn't know that like the scar was going to be like a literal like constant reminder and then you know here's another update here's another one and I didn't know how to tell them that it was too much but because I was so scared mm. that if I told them that it was too much then they'd stop 
So mm -hmm. I was just all like, here it is. Once again, I'd rather take everything that they're giving me than even risk them being like, okay, well then we'll talk to you in a few months. Like I, 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 I wanted to go on whatever their schedule was. And so, you know, it, it, it you know, it, it was like, a, it, it was maybe like two or three months, like, you know, when she was about, when she was about three months is when the first time that, you know, I said to them like, Hey, like, you know, I, I love all of this, but, um, please continue to send as you are, but my responses are going to be a little lagging. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if you send, if you send something, I, I please don't get upset at me if it's two or three weeks later before, you know, mm -hmm. I respond back to you because it's just, you know, you know, it, it's, it's as soon as, as soon as I was able to, I went right back to work. Like I just went right back into my life. And, you know, so many people had no idea that I was, you know, that I just had a baby. And, and then the people that did know I had a baby, a lot of them didn't know I had went through adoption. So, you know, of course, having to deal with my life and, you know, slowly, you know, like let people know, like, hey, probably don't ask me about her. Like, I, I didn't tell you guys, but here's what it is. And I had to, you know, teach myself lingo. And I, and I, to be honest, I still struggle with this sometimes. Sometimes in a heartbeat, I still kind of go, yeah, I gave my baby up. And it's like, no, I, I did not give my baby up. Like I placed her with a loving family that I still talk to. And it's like, you know, so, you know, they are, are wonderful, but it was a lot. It was so much at the beginning. And, you know, I, I, all I did was talk to them and, and they immediately, you know, they, they you know, everything that every negative I thought was going to happen, you know, of course it, it never happened. They were, you know, they apologized. They were just all like, we thought maybe we were doing too much, but we didn't want to give you too little. And then, you know, I, I love the fact that, I mean, <laughs> it was their first baby that they adopted. So, I mean, like we were all just like learning together. And so, you know, once they kind of, you know, let me in on the fact that like they had doubts every single time they weren't sure. And they, you know, sometimes their text messages would just be, Hey, here's a, you know, a heads up. Can we send a picture? And then, you know, I'd say yes. And then here it comes. And so at the beginning it was a lot, but then after just simply like talking to them, letting them know where my heart was hearing where they were, then we got on like a better page and like, you know, it did slow down for a little bit. They went to, you know, once a month, you know, kind of like clockwork, but you know, still once a month, they, you know, they were perfectly fine. If there was a whole month passed and I didn't say anything, and then, you know, I maybe answered, you know, both of the, you know, updates in one email a few months later type deal. And, and, you know, and now, now, you know, of course it, it this morning got a text. <laughs> so, yeah. so like we're, we're, it's great now. It's great now. And it's perfect. You know, like, you know, I, we, there's a lot, there's a lot of closeness there that's now that I don't know if we would have had, I think I probably would have had a mental breakdown if I had not gotten, if I hadn't just talked to them and just to find out where they were so they can know where I was. But if we had just like continued down the same path, you know, I, I know it'd be different by now, but mm -hmm. it's, it's perfect because of just the communication. Now, I was just going to say, I think, and we've talked about this on um, episodes before, is communication is so important um, in this relationship, you know, um, and having very clear expectations and making sure that everyone's on the same page and it's scary i know i mean i'm four and a half years in and our relationship looks 
very different than what it did in the beginning. Um, but that's only been because of constant communication, making sure everyone's boundaries are being respected. Um, anytime I need adjustment, it's, it's very scary for me to like say, hey, can we talk? Or, you know, to type out a text of what it is that I need. But it's important um, because we can't, tiptoe around things or the relationship won't work you know yeah. and so um yeah. yeah well and to be holistic about it too because if you were just to say this is too much stop sending so many updates mm -hmm. well then they probably will just be so scared to send anything at any point and so to say hey right now the frequency or the the spontaneous you know notification is kind of a lot could we do once a month first Sunday of the month because it's an expectation or, you know, can we talk about, or can we revisit this in three months and see if we need to adjust as needed to be specific so that they don't, you know, cause like you said, I mean, that's literally where my thought went, Leslie, in the beginning of, of my relationship with the adoptive family, it was like, at times it probably was too much or they would offer a visit. And even if it was too much or, or not great for my schedule, I was so scared to ever say no so scared. And so I just would always make it work. I thought I could never say no. And, and which is so funny because it's as if like they would never offer again, but it was just that, you know, like that fear or, or being scared. Yeah. To put a boundary. Cause I'm like, no, like I, I'd rather have too much than too little. And, and I know something and, and Heather, I want to hear all your thoughts on this and because and how adoptive parents, what their thought process you know, processes are like thinking through all this because, you know, the adoptive parents with my daughter also had to consider the birth father because the birth father was involved, you know, in my story and he needed something very different from me. And it, that was really tricky to navigate, especially when we were still together and, and even now and, and to provide the different things that each of us needed because we are all so different. You know, when Mathani and I met, she was like, oh my gosh, you like saw, you had your first visit within the first month. And I was like, yeah, it was awesome. And she's like, I couldn't do that. Like that would be too much. And so Heather, what are your, I mean, just, there was so much to unpack from everything Leslie just said, because it was so amazing. What are, what are some of your immediate thoughts? Uh, well, I think that you guys have, you know, hit the nail on the head. Number one, communication is so important. Um, and number two, it's a relationship and it's a different relationship than you'll have with anyone else in your whole life. And so there's no guidebook for navigating it and it can feel sticky and uncomfortable. And um, for the most part, it's a relationship with people that you haven't known for very long mm -hmm. before you get invested into this very big life-changing journey. Um, and so I think it's really great, Leslie, um, that you can communicate with them. And I think that's so important. Um, I think one of the things that's so important as adoptions are changing and becoming more open is not only education and support for birth parents, but also education for adoptive parents. Um, I think each party, the, the birth parent side and the adoptive parent side, understanding and, and realizing that, um, you guys are just trying to do the best you can and that there's not any kind of like malice or, you know, anything behind what you're asking. So if someone's saying, Hey, like this is too much, um, 
there's nothing behind that other than it's just too much and I'm trying to figure out the right way. Or even if they say like, hey, so sorry, your update's running late because X, Y, and Z, a birth parent understanding like, hey, they might've had some big life thing and that might be it. So the communication part is so important because without communication, our minds typically go to the worst case scenario or a lot of people's minds do. So, you know, when I worked in post-adoption, I would get calls from, you know, birth parents sometimes if their update was late, maybe it wasn't a text situation, maybe it was coming through the mail or email and they'd say it's late. And I mean, it would be worst case scenario. And I get that, but also, you know, giving some grace, we'd reach out to the family and they'd say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. We had this, this, and this. I can't believe it's already that day of the month. I'll get it in the mail ASAP. You know, so just having some grace with each other as well to know that, you know, this is an ongoing relationship. Life is going to happen. And, and on both sides, you have to be um, able to, to give each other the benefit of the doubt. Um, yeah. and there's a reason not to, right? Yeah. And understand mm-hmm. that everyone's so different and everyone needs something different and what that looks like and what's best also is through trial and error. Cause the last thing I'd want right now is for any adoptive parents listening, you know, and a, or a potential adoptive parent, hopeful adoptive parents is, oh my gosh, I need to make sure we don't send too many updates right. or too soon. Yes. Cause that's not what we're saying, right? It's no, just upfront, you know, as you kind of have that conversation, which totally could change. Cause you, again, if you get through trial and error, you figure out what works best for you, but saying, you know, do you think consistency is best? Or do you want us to text you? Maybe email's better because you don't get that notification always immediately on your phone, you know, or, or like what Mathani was saying, where the adoptive parents give that heads up, hey, could we send some photos? Or, you know, and again, it's through trial and error. And so having those kind of touch bases, um, but I think just asking. A lot of the time people are afraid to ask for what they need. They need to be asked directly, you know, and, and to have that conversation, I think, presented to them. Um, because yeah, every birth mom's going to be different. Some really and, want the updates. Yeah. And, and the other thing is that if you're wanting an open adoption, so if I were to ask most birth mothers before placement happened that were having an open adoption, okay, how often do you want updates the first three months? Most birth moms would probably say as much as I can have them, like send me a picture yeah. a day. Verbatim, verbatim, that is what I say. (laughs) You don't know till you're sitting in it. Oh, whoa, 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 this is too much. And, and you can't tell someone that either because I could, anyone could sit here and try to say like, it might be too much. And you're going, no, no, no. As much as you will send me as many times as I can see her, et cetera, et cetera. That's what I want. And then all of a sudden you feel like, oh, but this isn't what I said I wanted. And so I don't want to go back because exactly what Emma said, what if they then take that and say, never mind, we're not going to do anything. So it's this weird push and pull as well. You thought you knew what you wanted and you really did want that, but you're balancing how to take care of yourself, which is really important. Um, So I think that's an important piece to navigate as well as what you thought you wanted might look different when you're actually in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Heather. So what are some of the things that you have seen or witnessed? Again, it's not going to be the same for every adoption story, but what seems to be a common theme to be most helpful for birth moms? Um, So communication, I think. And I think I would say that it is helpful to have um, some kind of knowledge of when to expect it, especially early on. Um, 
you know, maybe that's the first six months, maybe that's the first year, everyone's going to be different. But even if it's a weekly update saying, okay, I'm going to get the update on Sunday afternoons um, so that the birth mother knows when it's coming and so it doesn't catch you off guard. Um, again, I say that knowing that um, a woman listening who might be planning adoption right now might say, absolutely not. I want 15 pictures a day or 25, 100 pictures a day, whatever. And that's fine. But I do think that that does tend to long-term work out better because it doesn't feel like it knocks you off your feet mm. when, it, when you get that you know, 10 pictures in a text message, um, you know, while you're trying to navigate going back to your first day of work or something like that. Um, so I think having an, a, a schedule can be helpful. Um, and that's especially with like really open adoptions where the texts are coming back and forth. Um, I think if it's a, um, semi-open adoption, um, making sure that the, excuse me, the family is sending the updates when they're supposed to, and that they're, if not on time, they're early because, you know, I know from working with women for a really long time, like you guys, you're looking at that calendar going, okay, it's supposed to be here on the 15th of the month. It's the 14th. It's the 15th. Okay. Where is it? And so that, that having that, okay, it's here. I know it's coming. That consistency is just so helpful. Um, I, I think those two things, consistency and communication um, can be really beneficial to women, especially birth parents while they're navigating these early stages of grief and what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great advice. And, and so now, you know, this is something I, I think is important to talk about too, is outside of the people in the triad, but our external support, you know, friends, family, who coworkers, whoever that might be. Um, do you have advice for those people of how they can best support birth parents? Yes. I think, that not letting it be a taboo subject. So allowing the birth parent to guide the conversations. Um, you know, the people that we love don't want to see us hurting. And so for some people that love us so dearly, when they see us hurting, because if they think every time I bring up the adoption, she cries. So I'm not going to bring it up because I don't want her to hurt. But in reality, that creates this cycle of, sometimes shame, sometimes avoidance, sometimes feeling like you can't talk about it because then they stop bringing it up. Then you, you know, it just becomes a cycle. So, um, for the people that are supporting birth parents, I think having those open conversations, Hey, I'm here to talk about this anytime you want to, or just checking in, Hey, I haven't heard you talk about, you know, the baby in a couple weeks. Like, have you gotten any updates? How's it going? If a birth mother says, hey, this is really hard for me to talk about right now, I will come to you when I'm ready to talk about it, then that's your cue to say, okay, I'm pulling back. But until then, I think allowing that conversation to be open and flowing is important. Most, I won't say most, but a lot of women that have open adoptions want to talk about it. It's just we don't want to make other people uncomfortable just in life in general. We typically don't want to make people uncomfortable. The people we love don't want to see us hurt. They also have to know that just because you're sad or crying doesn't mean that you regret your decision. Doesn't mean that you don't want to talk about it. Um, you know, joy and pain can coexist. And so you might get those updates and it might hurt to see, you know, it might catch you off guard. It might bring back feelings that, 
are hard and, and that hurt, but that also doesn't mean that you're feeling joyful that, oh my gosh, she's doing so well. Look how much he's grown. Look how big she's getting, you know, all of these things. So our families and friends have to realize too, that we can have joy and pain at the same time. Yeah. I feel like we talked Mm -hmm. a lot. I mean, we've talked about this a lot on other episodes, but especially the holiday panel, just because of like one of the greatest gifts I receive from people and some of the greatest, I remember one friend specifically when, when he found out about, about my story, he asked, what can I do for you on her birthday? What a precious gift that so many people out of fear don't give because they are, it's scary and people want to tiptoe. Right. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. Silence is deafening with any grief and any trauma. And at least I'll speak for myself when I say acknowledgement goes a long way, even if it makes me sad, because it's a sad that is about the situation, not someone asking, right? Like I would much rather have a bunch of people remind me all day on her birthday or mother's Mm -hmm. day reaching out and it might bring up more, but I would much prefer, rather prefer that than at the end of the day being like, no one remembered and when really people did. They just were so scared to say anything, you know, and and we all fall into that. I know sometimes personally, I get scared to reach out to people and talk about hard things, but from my, from my journey, at least I have felt that, but I have learned it is better to say the wrong thing than say nothing at all. Um, it's, it's kind of my, my take. I don't know, Leslie Mathani, what, what y'all think about all that? Um, I, I I I agree. Agree. Yeah, for sure. I um I, I did I did want to add like like one one thing to that that at, at least it, it helped for me um when it came to you know like like my friends and things like that like you know uh pretty much anyone that like knows me well enough you know they know I'm in an open adoption so you know you know for the most part like it's it it, it they knew at the beginning it was a little tough but you know like now at this point. I, I, I'm one of those people. Let me show you baby pictures. Like, you know, I, I'm definitely in your face about it. But um, I think one of the biggest things that helped me when it came with my friends, is just the fact that like, I mean, I'm still me. So like life just went on. Like I have lots of friends that have babies. I go to baby showers. Like I see their kids. Like I babysit. Like, you know, like it's not like anybody that has like a family or, or or that's trying like they like hid it from me and they didn't want me to be a part of it because they were you know worried about my feelings it was like hey um do you I mean like you know hey my little girl's having a little birthday party like do you want to come yes of course I do you already know that I'm buying like baby stuff anyway <laughs> like let me grab some stuff for her like I I I, I love the fact that like my friends didn't change just because like they knew I was in pain it was still a matter of just like hey if you need to talk we're here but you know also they know me well enough to know that like you know if I want to talk about it then I'm going to talk about it but I mean if I'm not talking about it then you know at the moment I'm okay so I I, I think it was really important for my friends to you know like my, my, you know, it's, it's, you know, one of my, one of my best friends, he was with me the entire time in the hospital. I mean, he met the parents, like he was, you know, they, they, <laughs> even like when I was like in the room with her, you know, it was just me and her, they would be outside, like talking about plants, talking about just like all sorts of stuff. Like he like kind of built a little bit of rapport with them. And so, you know, you know, you know, he knows when, you know, like, you know, some, like whenever I get an update, he sees the pictures and things like that. But 
nothing in our relationship has like changed. Like Mm -hmm. it's, 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 I feel like it's healthier because he knows me well enough to know I'm going to talk about it if I need to, but if I don't, then it's not something that he needs to like check on me every, you know, couple of minutes. Like, Hey, are you okay about the baby? Are you okay about the baby? It's just, Hey, like, let's go to a movie. Let's go do our normal, regular stuff. Like, let's go live our, our lives. And I, and I didn't, I didn't know how important that was going to be until it was just all like, oh man, until I started being like around coworkers that made me feel like anxious and make me, and it made me feel like, oh man, I don't think they want to hear about it. I don't think that they want to talk about it. Like, like it, it was, it was, it was good and bad having like both sides at the same time like having like those close people that knew me and knew what was best for me and then like you know of course associates co-workers that was just all like well that must be like one of those like thin ice topics i don't think she's ever going to want to talk about it and it's like ah, like i just need you to i'm still me it's still me like joke with me like the uh the amount of people who didn't even want to like make any sort of baby references like I work at an aquarium like I'm surrounded by kids like there's nothing you're going to say that isn't worse than the literal baby crying like it's okay yeah so I think that's really important for people to you know for the friends and family to like you know to pay attention to like you know that person like you you know them so it's just like you know trust yourself because you know, a lot of times, you know, you know, birth moms, we're not going to say anything. Like we just kind of, we need that. We, we, we think that we need to like close ourselves off and like need that time to ourselves. And sometimes we do need one of our friends to just kind of climb over the wall and be like, all right, well, if you want to sit in it, I'm going to sit in it with you. You yeah. know, just like, just that. I yeah. love that. Climb over the wall. We yeah. should all climb over the wall for our yeah. friends. That's a yeah. great move. Yeah. I like it. Mathani, do you have anything else else to add or, um, Ladies, anything we missed? I have loved every bit of this, and I hope it has been helpful. It's been great. It's been awesome. Yeah, yeah. I I have nothing else to add. Um, y'all are awesome. This is really cool. We are mm-hmm. so grateful to you both for taking time to do this. I I know and I'm confident that this will be a good resource for people to hear from all parties. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I hope it, I hope it truly does give people some things to think about or some maybe conversations to have, um, or just reposition how they perceive grief, um, and, and maybe some new ways to, to cope with it. Um, but otherwise we are so grateful again. All right. So again, thank you, Heather and Leslie. Um, we are honored that you took time to, um, talk about your stories and your experience and perspective. So wise. Um, with that, our listeners, thank you. Um, and we'll see y'all in a couple weeks. Bye y'all. Bye. Thank you so much. Birth Mothers Amplified is brought to you by the Gladney Center for Adoption and Adoption.com. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Birth Mothers Amplified. The views expressed may not represent the views of this program or sponsors and should not substitute seeking the advice of licensed professionals. To speak with an adoption counselor, please call 1-800-236-7898. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.